0: I'm Elijah, and welcome to my podcast, Songwriting for Songwriters. Today, my guest is Scott Matthews. Scott is one of my favourite songwriters of all time. We sat down and spoke about his craft, his process, his influences, how he got into songwriting, the story behind his new album, his eighth studio album, Restless Lullabies, And he even treated us to the story behind his wonderful Ivan Novello award-winning song, Elusive. So please check out his website, scottmatthews.uk, get the new album and enjoy this podcast. Thank you for being here. Today on the Songwriting for Songwriters podcast, my special guest is the lovely and brilliant Scott Matthews. How are you, Scott?
1: I'm very well, mate. How's it going?
0: Yeah, I'm very good, thanks, mate. Thanks for being here. I can see that you're in your home studio there.
1: Yeah, the shedio.
0: So this is where this is a home studio, and this is where you record. Uh, this is where you record most of your work. Am I right?
1: That's right. Yeah. Um, it's since 20, 2013, 2014, uh, I started making the records exclusively in this in this shed, which is at the bottom of my garden, and uh, it serves a real purpose, you know, because you you know for years it was a, a great opportunity to to seize the moment. Yeah. You know, in that day and. You know, generally everything's set up, yeah, you know? and that was that was that was good for a work ethic and a and an immediacy. Yeah, absolutely. For writing music and you know you can just yeah we can pick up phones and back in the day was picking up a dictaphone tape machine for me and you know even micro I still got micro micro cassettes and things. Fantastic. So uh, yeah, it's, this is a great space to to be creative, but um, yeah, feeling like it's r- running the end of its course. Bizarrely.
0: Okay, so so why why is that? What's making you think? I mean, I've got my own home recording studio and it's fantastic to have everything set up and it makes everything a lot easier. Um, but I guess there are certain... What am I looking for? I'm looking for the word constraints. There are certain types of constraints to a home uh, recording studio. So, what you know, what's going on with you and why are you thinking that? Why are you thinking of coming out of the um, setup you've got into
1: a different studio? Uh, not so much studios, actually. It's just... Um, environments you know okay so i just the the one thing i've always found difficult with a a place which is very dead you know it's there's a cleanness to the space as well and um the one thing i've struggled with more than anything is is that natural energy and atmosphere that you get an adrenaline from a performance in front of people yeah yeah and when you try to mimic that and trying to generate that in a shed when you've just had your dinner you know (laughs) and The pudding is a disaster move as well of course we're trying to work that off you know that's that's challenging
0: yeah okay
1: um but yeah i think it's more the the need to be inspired by a different space i think
0: yeah and and to
1: capture something different because as you know you know we all sing and perform totally differently depending on the acoustics of the room yeah and uh, the way our voice projects in the space and um yeah there's just a different energy level which i'm kind of keen to tap into more so I the, more I make, the more I make records,
0: I think that's really interesting. Actually, that as writers and performers, we should be aware if something is pulling out our consciousness or there's a yearning there. That I think it's really important to you know remember that and to follow that instinct and find out where it goes. Do, do you know what I mean?
1: Exactly. Yeah, because I, I listen back to you know we t- most of the shows now we we take the stems from the from the gig, and I listen back to them. You know, just just as a bit of curiosity more than anything, and you know, just to see how things came across. But um, it's kind of revealing that I think I sing differently, totally differently to what I do on a record. Yeah. It's a different, different beast, you know, and that's, um, after, you know, 15, 16 years or so now, it's, uh, I finally fathomed that this is the way to go. Okay. You know, everyone says a lot of people do say that I sing kind of uh, stronger, I think with, um, in a live performance. And I think I do that as well, because there's just something that just stirs up from the the diaphragm energy as well, because mm. you're pulling notes and you're singing, you're projecting to an audience. There's also that.
0: different dynamic. Yeah, I think so. There's always that type of, uh, I guess there's a risk when you're singing live. There's a temptation to go beyond what you would do. And that's based upon the adrenaline feeling you have when you're performing live. And I, I suppose the audience being in the room, and I guess when you know, certainly what I feel when I'm recording a uh, vocal for a record, there's more concentration on the uh, technique and the and the breath and also, I guess, wanting to focus upon the vocal being the thing which is going to live forever on a record, you know, and that's a slightly different thing to think about um, than when you're performing live.
1: Yeah, because it's the danger of the comping features on, yes. on, yeah. on these recording platforms as well, but... Um, yeah, so there, there's, it's, it can be a dangerous game, you know, I think it becomes a bit formulaic, you know, there's just a bit too much precision and I'm guilty yeah. of it still, you know, yeah. um, because it's a long time to live with it, you know, and <laughs> yes. I think yeah. we just, we get a bit kind of precious. Yeah. that's and true. The, the, the process is there, you know, and I think that's, it's just now about understanding, giving yourself some kind of boundaries and limitations, I think, because for the, the end result will, will will really reflect that.
0: You seem very aware, um, you know, I've, I've obviously um, met you briefly um, and supported you at a gig. And also I've listened to lots of interviews of, with you talking, but you seem very aware of your process and also sort of like you study yourself as a songwriter. And you are very aware of the moves you've made in the past and where you're going and you know what you need to um a way you'd like to go with the next records is that is that important to you
1: i think so yeah um i, I didn't think for a second i'd get to, to eight records well i kind of did but then to just yeah. suddenly be on, be on the verge of releasing an eighth studio album you do become and you get older as well of course so i think we, we get into a situation where it's so like everything in our life, you know. We we refine our tastes and we refine ourselves, and we still work on the bad bits, yeah. You know, ourselves as well. And um, it is all seriously all about discovery. And you know, um, I have kind of yeah. I mean, there is an importance element. You know, this is my livelihood. Yeah, sure. But also as well, being a parent, um, you know, I don't worry so much anymore about the music side of things. Okay. You no, know? um, it's there is an element of. There's there's a freedom in terms of and a carefree nature in some respects to who I am now as well. Okay. Because yeah, I've obviously got to worry about a little five-year-old boy. Sure. Finding his way into the world, as you know, it's it's the parenthood is uh, brings on a whole new level of of worry.
0: Yeah, it does change. It does change things. You know, I was 22. I have um, very lucky to have uh, an 18-year-old daughter and you know it does change things because you know I was in bands and trying to and had a record deal and you know obviously the aim was to make it and all the rest of it but having a daughter at that age it did sort of make there was something else something much more big and beautiful to look after and care for and it was it was something which you know um i guess it makes you less self-centered even though as songwriters and artists we are you know naturally self-centered but it was a different um thing to care about you know and also time became much more precious uh, you know how has how being a parent changed the way that you work
1: very much the same yeah it's um, they're just limited you're just limited with time you know that's the thing it just brings on a whole, whole new world of um, I think maybe touched on from the beginning there just the, you know, seizing the moment with you know, having the shed yeah. and, and now it's about when you do have like say two or three hours to to make some noise you know you, you have to grasp it yeah, because yeah. in the next breath you'll be picking up the little one, and uh, you'll be in a yeah. world of Thomas the Tankler. Bloody
0: it's four five tank hours!
1: Fl- fantastic, you know. Yes. So it's um, yeah, it's ever evolving, you know. And and the writing process is has changed. You know, if I'm a different guy to the to the passing stranger kid of 2005. You know, it's a totally different experience.
2: Um, and I can see
1: the evolution of, of who I am, and, and I can reflect on eight records and and really grasp everyone, every person I was at that point.
0: That's nice. You know?
1: That's um, nice. and I look back, you know, made a few mistakes here and there, I guess, but, um, and I can see, I can, I can hear the influences and where I was at, you know, like the third album was very wordy, you know, it was very, which listening, reading a lot of Dylan Thomas at the time and just kind of obsessed with rhythm and syllables and mm. rhyme and all that. And I think you know, in reflection, some songs would have probably benefited from just, holding back and saying well do i need to even sing on that chorus right okay yeah thing, you yeah. Know? yeah yeah like i did with dream song back in the the, the early days, the first album you know that was just well it sounded better by just singing like humming a melody on the chorus rather than trying to find words for it
0: yeah there is something to that actually isn't there there's uh sometimes you know a melody the the tune or the humming of a melody will just become it just falls out of the sky and it's very effortless and sometimes, I guess you know, trying to fit words to that can be quite laborious. But there is something to just letting a melody or a tune just be itself without
1: words. Do you think? That's it. Yeah, yeah. It's um, but I've I've enjoyed every step, you know. And I think when you you know, it's important to move on like anything in our life, you know. But you know, when you've got the the chance to kind of maybe evaluate where you are as well mm. from the next from one record to the next, you. I, I do see the sense that I've kind of progressed in some way. You know. And people a lot of people still love the very first album, you know. But I'm just as proud about the very new one that's coming out soon.
0: Well I think that's I think that's exactly how it should be, isn't it, really? That's I mean, that's what you wanna achieve as an artist, you know. I mean I guess sometimes you hear a big act or an artist say, Okay, this new album is the best thing I've ever done and you listen to it and think, Okay, maybe but it seems to me like in your work, um, there's a very I mean the the new album's much more like the sorry the album before New Skin is much more electronic, isn't it? It's more, it's like Eno-esque and ambient um, uh, territories and soundscapes, but it sounds and obviously I don't know where you're going with the next one, but but all your work from your first album to uh, this new album to me. Anyway, it seems like it's a very natural progression. Your your work It's very authentic, um, and all the songs sound very effortless. And the progression between the albums sound very effortless. Like it's a very, um, very beautiful thing to listen to as a fan. You know, it's it's, it's an effortless
1: journey. Well, maybe that's um, yeah. Cheers, man. It's uh, I, I think that's maybe the maybe the, the the goal, isn't it, to make it feel like it's already been, always been there perhaps, you know, and there's, um, yeah, I think maybe again circumstances with the last three years, the, with the, the last record been certainly more me doffing my cap to the eighties. Yes. You yeah. know? And so, oh shit, the drum has been sacked, you know, yeah. there's a drum machine, Yeah. you know, yeah. it's like, okay, let's, uh, let's just, let's just sign to something different. And if it wasn't for COVID, I, these songs wouldn't have existed. And I'm so happy in a strange way, yeah, that, um, that I got the opportunity to to seek this kind of pathway, you know. Is that um, is that is that being continued on the new album? The, the, no, that, the... well, it's uh, again. There was always this pang of kind of intrigue in you know the, the last record, New Skin was yeah very much. It was a cocktail Twins thing going on with yeah. the, kind of the, the angular drums, yeah kind of dreamy guitars, big soundscape, kind of cinematic, cinematic and wide. Um, and I thought there was always the interest in me to well, what what, do they, what are these songs like completely stripped back sure you know, a yeah. record yes. so uh, the new record is new skin part two but it's it's called restless lullabies nice. and it's it's a it's the lyric from the last song on the album of new skin and uh yeah it's me stripping the all the tracks back to nothing okay and Keep uh on. it's big and bold and pretty empty oh cool. uh, that's a great contrast because uh there was the challenge to think? Well, have I just dressed these songs up on the electronic album to give it this kind of synth aesthetic? Yeah, you know, is it just basically masking that the songs aren't very good? Okay. So yeah, it was it was a project of intrigue, and it's proved to be such a great journey of the last twelve months. Um, and I'm super proud of it, you know, because in some respects now I prefer these these new versions.
0: Is it the, have you done the same songs just stripped back? exactly okay. the same soundtrack same right, cool. listing
1: everything it's the oh it's, wow okay it's a carbon copy of the last record but um yeah for those that will you know see, see in front of the new skin yeah. the electronic album which was my friend damien hyde uh film photography scanned all the images and very much grain
2: yeah you know yeah
1: and this new album is uh my little boy's done the artwork for a start oh, only fantastic. Four. fantastic so he was getting into his kind of franz klein thing <laughs> getting, all, getting, getting all abstract on my ass, you know, with his little Japanese brush pen. Brilliant. And it's uh, created the cover, and um, that simplicity and freedom from a four year old, you know, yes. is a natural yes. expression, As, as yeah. maybe reflects in the music as well. That's nice. You know, I was keen not to, I've always been so guilty of filling the spaces. Okay. You know? Oh, I could put another harmony there. Oh, that little textural spot there for like a group of something. Yeah. You know, I've tried to really make this record. Uh, reflective and just give you that real big windows to to think about it.
0: It sounds like uh, I mean, it sounds like a really big statement to have made, you know, to come out of New Skin and to and to make such a big statement. And I, I really applaud the commitment to making a big artistic statement like that. It's a wonderful thing.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, it, I don't think any, any more of a contrast from one song, you know, the song "Wait in the Car" mm. off the off the New Skin album. It's very much, you know, it's quite a full on. Song, you know, baritone electric guitar, and again, widescreen, big noise, you know, real big, cocktail twins, snare drum type thing. Yeah. yeah, and you know, filling holes with big noises. Um, but this one's got that. It's so wooden, and it's empty. And I think that's. I could probably gone the other. I've taken it back even more. Wow. Um, and gone quite stark with it. But I think when people hear the contrast from the same song, yeah, it'd be really intrigued. I think that's a really interesting thing
0: to do, you know. It's, um, you know, like I said earlier, it's a big statement, but to to release new skin, which is beautifully produced, and then strip everything back, you know. I've often thought, I wonder what songs, you know, by what a song will sound like really stripped back, you know, those big productions that we all kind of go make and big artists make, but how wonderful to strip everything back and just have that
1: song as a different version. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, wasn't, it certainly wasn't anything like... Um like some kind of vanity project or, you know, just me kind of, you know, oh, I'm just twiddling my thumbs, you know, as I said, you know, I've got no time. So I have to be really, it's really, it has to be real, calculated. Everything mm-hmm. I do now has to be as clear yeah. as anything, as clear as daylight. So I'm just happy that I pursued it, you know, because, um, again, if it wasn't for COVID, the, the synth album wouldn't have existed, but of course this new record wouldn't have existed either.
0: Well, that's, yeah, I mean, two things there. That's the, I mean, lockdown obviously was, you know, quite a strange time to live through, wasn't it? And also as an artist, but obviously tragic for, you know, a very tragic time for everyone to live through. But I think there was that thing as as an artist or songwriter, like at school when you had the kind of wet play days and you just stayed inside and did art or, you know, made something there was that opportunity to, you know, you can often just wish, like, I wish I could have the time or the days to just sit around and, and write songs and really lean into my songwriting rather than gigging, you know, so lockdown in many ways, I, I guess if you weren't ill, um, it, it was a great time, so well done for using the time in such a kind of beautiful way.
1: I think so, yeah, and it's, um, yeah, you know, you suddenly a little of these projects that kind of appear and you you're just happy to get them over the line in some way. And yeah, sure. uh, it just feels completely justified this record. Um, Brilliant. and the feedback already is, has, has been wonderful actually. Fantastic. And, um, and oh, I had the, 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 opportunity to get it mastered at Abbey road, great, which was a, uh, which was a big deal for me after 16 years or so of releasing albums.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Um, and we had some lovely feedback from miles, miles Scholl as well. His, um, who is the half speed mastering guy, at Abbey road. Oh, Cool. And, uh, yeah it's been it's been really great to to get this one over the line and again it's it feels like complete contrast in some respect to records I've done in the past yeah um so yeah i'm just happy that it, i've got the chance to do it um as well as trying to, to juggle everything else you know running yes. my own record label and things and um but again it, it's it's the it's the truth you know and that's that's kind of you, when you, when you look back on all that that's yeah, where you yeah. can kind of hope to 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 feel that you've conquered the truth
0: nicely said so so you are you independent now then as an artist
1: it's always been yeah it's since I mean Island Records was a was the deal back in the day for that lasted a couple of years you yeah. know we're going back to 2006 um, but we released the album initially on uh, San Remo Records Passing Stranger and that was already you know doing the rounds for for a good few months April 2006 um but then you know, all the big boys come calling at my gig at the Twelve Bar, Denmark Street years ago. Yeah, everybody, everybody was there. It felt, and uh, I was kind of, um, yeah, swayed by the the heritage of Island Records yeah, of as anybody course. would do. You know, of course, yeah. So kind of got lost up in that in that whirlwind for two or three years, and then, uh, yeah, you know, obviously from a financial perspective, it, it was, it was great, you know, this is coming from a kid who was on 75 quid a week, yeah, you know, which I was yeah. at the time Yeah, and from the label paying me some kind of retainer, you know, just to okay keep things okay. Yeah. You know, which was measly I look back, but it gave me some time, you know. Um, so, you know, I'm grateful in that respect. Um, but yeah, the realities are oh, since 20, since 2010, um, yeah, completely independent. Brilliant. You know, and uh, my own record label, Shedio Records, was was, was born in 2016. Um, so that was uh, liberating, but very challenging as well. And, you know, yeah, we, all know the, ch- we all have the struggles, don't we, of have, have the industry? And mm. um, But we've learned to kind of operate in a very nice little boutique kind of way, which is very mm. limited, you know, but there's a lot of enjoyment from that. Um, but yeah, it'd uh, be nice to flog a few more records, though. Yeah. <laughs> That's
0: always the case, but do you know I met a um, a major, major star in a, in a huge band uh, a few years ago, and he's uh, a friend um, friend of the family. Um, and we were backstage at this arena gig, and uh, he'd been very kind about um, our work, you know. But we like you; we're an independent act, and you know we've got our own studio and pushing things. But one of the things he said, which kind of stuck with me was he came over and said uh, do you know i wish i had what you had and you know i'm sort of there thinking you're about to play an arena this is this is the dream right but he was saying you know it would just be great to be able to you know just record what you want to record and release what you want to release and do what you want to do and have that creative freedom and you know in in, in the position he was in he was just saying that it was like the five of members of the band each member trying to get their own kind of um you know artistic expression across and then having to sort of make sure the record would meet the fans desires and then the label would come in and say what they wanted or what they didn't want you know and that's um i I guess you forget sometimes because you're kind of recording in a home studio and there's a squirrel or running across the roof or crow sort of squawking you know the kind of little realities of it but you forget how lucky we are to have that in some ways
1: exactly yeah you're right um I think when I, I, on reflection, you know, maybe that was probably why I got dropped so quickly from Island Records is because, uh, I mean, 2006, Passing Stranger was already recorded. You know, that was a record that existed without anyone's influence. Okay. Um, and Island Records, yes, yeah, I'm on the strength of that album. Right. So, and I, and for the second album, I got to do exactly what I wanted to do. You know, I, I just said, well, that's the way it is. These are the songs, man, deal with it. You know? If and, uh, uh, but I can, I, yeah, I, I, get it. You know, it's like, you know, there was a, a car crash kind of moments where, not literally, but, um, where they weren't going to release the second album, you know, okay. right. just because it didn't kind of conform to what they wanted. And, you uh, know, suddenly okay. never had a meeting where they sat in the room and said, look, Scott, this is what we want you to do. You know, we need the hits. Right. You know, you know, the first song was, uh, yeah depends how you want to read it but yeah of course wasn't very pleasant you know and uh (laughs) but you know it's it it was a again the truth that was what it was the album yeah and you know i got to meet robert plant at the time and tour with him and uh i just asked him if he wanted to sing on the album yeah and he was very very much up for it and uh so I had that lovely moment and that kudos of you know just some bloke from Led Zeppelin singing on the album as well. Crazy stuff, crazy stuff. You know, and it's it was. I can look back on that record of the fondness, but also look back on that record and feel that maybe I should have given things a bit more thought. You know, that classic yeah. second album syndrome of just sure, sure. Out the window, yeah, yeah, tiny window it seemed. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that that brought along some different kind of pressures and uh, the, the writing pressure as well too. Sure to you know you as you know man we just we're just constantly finding notebooks and just old stuff and then you you're writing new stuff in cafes or wherever you are yeah yeah being inspired by a film or whatever it is books and then you know you commit that you can only ever move forward with the songs that you have in that moment or that are in your headspace um but you know being running your own label you know you just get to i've always felt like you know i'm not kind of boasting at all but I've, I've always been in a position where I can, I can kind of call the shots. Yeah. You know, well, that's the song. Those are the songs, man. It's like, you yeah. know, you have to accept it, you know? Well, because that's the, the
0: integrity s- that like people, you know, like for me, like Neil Young's a big influence. It's like, you always yeah. felt and the Beatles that they were doing what they were Dylan. they were doing what they were doing and that's it. And, you know, in a way that is quite rock in its own sense. It's just like, this is who I am. And this is, this is, this is it. And, and I think, it's so important having had, you know, I was signed to a label and when around the time that block party and Franz Ferdinand broke and I'm not influenced by their influences. But I remember at the time, the management sort of saying, we need from you some kind of flock of seagulls inspired kind of block party thing. And I remember thinking, like this is the wrong thing, because by the time I've if I was to go that way and come up with it, it would take me about a year to get it all done, written and produced. And by that time, the, that moment's passed, you know, so yeah. you're thinking like that i'm in the wrong position you know so the committing to your truth is probably one of the most important things as a songwriter
1: i think so yeah i mean because you know obviously there will come a day when i'll stop which is kind of weird to say that's yeah who knows but then it's only on the reflect in the reflective moments that you that you just really believe that was the right thing to do in that moment it's like anything music aside you know in that moment shit there's a moment happened and it it could be a yeah your child runs into the road and you just respond and you know and you're an immediacy you you don't think you know you just have to kind of strike with your instinct you know let me Um, ask you a question
0: you've got a sitar in the back of your shed there and i've always felt listening to you there's a um there's an eastern influence um yeah where does that come from? Because it's it's in your uh, I think it's in your melodies and it's in your guitar playing, but it's it's kind of a relaxed Eastern
1: influence. It's not kind of yeah shop, shop think, curry, but there's there's like where does that come from? Um, well, I think made as as a kid, you know, listening to you know kind of that kind of the string section on Kashmir, for instance, you know, mm-hmm, yeah. As a thirteen-year-old, going, "Wow, what's that man?" Yeah,
2: da, yeah. Da, 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 da. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's just all there man and uh and then it evolved from there from maybe in and i was early 20s um getting into things like open tunings and then you're hearing david graham's Moroc- moroccan influences yeah as a guitarist and uh and modal stuff you know and yeah when you play like you're, you're playing the guitar like you're playing a sarod you know just something that's really open and just kind of almost writing in itself this repetition yeah. Absolutely, you know. I think things came from there. You know, I I was obsessed with that kind of world, yeah. Um, and you can kind of certainly hear it on my, my first album with tracks like "Dream Song" and, um, and then you know things like Raiku' There's an album called "A Meeting by the River" with that's like, such like a like great a, album, such yes, yeah, with VM Bart on uh, kind of Indian lap steel and mm. so all those colours and, and 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 noises were just intriguing. It's always been something that's just just been there maybe the um yeah the eastern stuff is and then some of the yeah of course the Beatles yeah you know when they were kind of experimenting within you without you that kind of stuff yeah 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 um but yeah for my me personally yeah that that Raikou realm was 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 quite an, uh, a big influence from, in the early days um and yeah then you then you move on to you know that record and then you start to listen to Anushka Shankar as well my cellist Danny danny plays with anushka now these days as well so i'm kind of tapping into that world and just you know glancing from a distance and trying to take a few little you know just grabbing little bits here and there oh that's a nice twist i mean yeah it came from guitarist perspective mainly with open tunings yeah
0: it's definitely i can it's interesting that zeppelin thing because it's uh i was always a huge fan of um zeppelin for me it kind of like you know like heavy rock it's as soon as i heard zeppelin i was like i kind of in a, in a sort of weird way i was like i don't need to hear any more heavy rock because zeppelin have done it better than anyone else but also on that Ze- mm-hmm. on Zep three yeah it's like wow man they're yeah. like in a complete.
2: A yeah.
0: all friends awesome. song friends and like they're completely Tangerine, different yeah. yeah it's like those influences of um those guys kind of quite early on from being so heavy and then kind of going into softness and sort of eastern areas it's a huge influence on me um, as a writer as well. So it's yeah, interesting it's nice. to hear you talk about the Zeppelin element,
1: but well, I think that was my first introduction into that that kind of sound, you know, especially here in a sitar or a, mm. an Eastern scale. You know, that was yeah. yeah, that was certainly a
0: does Does Eastern philosophy come into this at all? Is it was it a more musical? I'd type. say it's
1: more musical. Yeah, I mean, I dare say at some point, um, I, I'll find that side of things, you know, certainly. And another part of me which I haven't discovered yet. Sure. Okay. Uh, so that was again. That's what life's about, and I look forward to these these happenings, you know, where we do get to, you know, find something out about ourselves in the future. Yeah. You know, and uh, I'm not even aware what that is yet.
2: No, you know, that's but, true.
1: Um, but you know, it's yeah. I've always been fascinated by. I think open tuning ref- give you that chance to really express the melody, you know. And uh, yeah, I, I love it. But yeah, so where, I've got I've got two sitars here actually, yeah.
0: So where does songwriting come from for you then? You know, where where do they come from? Is there a, is there a sort of a uh, a process that you tend to lean into or, or a habitual way that you begin to write a song? What what's your uh,
1: process in all of this? Um I think I'm always I, I think because I I don't think a lot of people are aware of this, but I didn't start singing until I was about twenty so, Six,
2: twenty-seven.
1: Okay. So I've always been a guitarist, you know, since I was, you know, ten, eleven. Right. That's always been the starting point. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know, I'm kind of fortunate that I have a few guitars. Not many, but (laughs) it looks like a good collection, there. There's a few old, few older ones in uh, on the wall, but um, yeah. So guitar parts, essentially, you know, like for instance, for me, if I go. If I pick up the 12 string, for instance, you know, this is set to a, to a C sharp, so So it's already kind of lending itself to something, and then if you do things like this, you can kind of go to town on, I don't know, um, ambience. on the twelve string, cuz it's our thing going on
0: That's honestly, that's absolutely beautiful, really. Thank you for sharing your playing with us. That's beautiful. So, I mean, you just play, you know, you play with different chords and voicings until you find something which sings to you, right? Is that how it works?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't read music or, my theory knowledge knowledge is pretty absent. So I think um, I kind of feel chords and the guitar will often tell me what it needs to play as well. Yes, yes, yes. the guitar has a happy tension yeah. or a certain string gauge that really lets it open up, you know? And um, so I, I, that, that informs yeah. the way to approach it. You know, it's, it's really good when you put the cap on the sixth fret. Whoa, really? Okay. Yeah, okay.
0: Wicked, man. So, I mean, you just, do. You pl- I mean, do you play every day? Is that what you do? You play every day?
1: Pretty much, yeah. I yeah. think I play less than I'm a parent. Yeah. But uh, that's my own fault, you know, I should keep a guitar in every room, really. Um, yeah. But certainly that always dictates where to go because you know i think when i hear a piece of music i think when we all hear a piece of music we close our eyes and we we're thinking about something completely mm. unique and mm. exclusive to ourselves. um so yeah the, the, you know a, a line will come from somewhere yeah you know? i think i wrote the first line of that song that was a song uh, something real yeah and i started going
2: <laughs> there's always something in your head to tame those wild thoughts again The beast is on the prowl For demons to rouse Something to ease the weight To take away the strain little something for your fire she's the flame to admire
1: so i had those two verses useful and just kind of yeah <laughs> those, mel- so can- those
0: those melodies are so like your melodies are so well connected to the to the music that you write um it's it, it I, I obviously understand in some ways as well that melody just comes out of nowhere, you know, and so it's not like you kind of are labouring for a melody. It falls out. From my experience, it kind of falls out of the sky, and you, you know, I suppose you play guitar enough, play a piece of music you're writing, and it sort of falls into place. Is that is that how you experience melody? Do you sit down? I think to- so. Yeah, yeah,
1: I think so. Yeah. I mean, it, not everything to me comes naturally um, in in life, you know, but um, I think the one thing maybe that I, I start to be in, you know, nitpick what I, what I guess what I offer music. And I think melody is, is the one thing I can seem to get some, I can get some kind of melody pretty quickly over most things when it comes to music. Yeah. So melody always dictates the form, I think. Yeah. Um, but I do struggle in other areas of, of music, especially when it's like, you know, communicating to a string quartet for instance. Sure. Sure. Um, but certainly I was, I always find a melody, um, pretty, you know, I can come up with a few melodies based on the chord progression. Yeah, and if yeah. it's a good one, it will stick. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, again, you know, just brushing the riff of, I <laughs> dum, dum,
2: dum, dum,
1: dum, dum. kind of suggest how I can kind of bounce over it. Yes.
2: There's always something in your head, <laughs> and of course,
1: multitasking is a bloke as well you know yeah like okay what parts kind of sing
0: yeah 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 in, and the, play in the gaps in the part especially with open tunings as well there's there's that you are kind of um there's that thing where you get the drone and you get the kind of harmonics of what you're playing so there is like quite often yeah. a melody in that piece of music which you just have to wait and sort of wait for it to come through but it's, it's there yeah. already sometimes like I often think in terms of rhythm or other parts actually the melody that most of the time all the rhythm ideas and harmony ideas and other parts ideas are already there in the basic formulation of the guitar you know it's yeah. like you just have to kind of
1: not get in the way too much and it will it will reveal itself that's it yeah absolutely that's the best way to put it mate i think um yeah the, these things you know seem to have a movement of their own and uh um, yeah. you yeah. know the especially when it comes to a trial string you know that just has these all these sub harmonics and extra overtones that that uh that reveal another part of the song or a, a new shape, you know? Absolutely. Um, but um, yeah, you know, but then it's not always uh, an easy process as well. Sometimes you have to, you know, you have a real interesting, quirky melody or a chord pattern that's just like, you don't understand it yourself. Mm. You know, from my perspective, it's like, well, I, I don't know the chords. You know, I've got a sense of what the roots are and, you know, major minor, the suspense chord diminished, you know? just something that's just uh suggests uh, the lyric as well yeah yeah um so it's uh yeah but you know you have to fight sometimes you know to, to really yeah, you do things have to evolve in their own time i wrote a song called up on the hill my yeah. second album yeah and um i i had music for about two three years yeah and it was it, it was kind of crunch time i just thought well this song really suits the the, the other kind of the synergy is good with the other songs let's mm. try i had one verse for like three years and then I wrote the rest in the studio, which was the first time and only time I've ever done that. Wow, okay. Um, So it's, uh, you know, things take time. And then there's a new song called My Selfless Moon off the new album, which is also on New Skin. And that was a a music I wrote straight after Passing Strangers. So I finished the album in 2005, I think. And then the Christmas of that year, I wrote the guitar part. I've had it building for like fifteen years or more. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 But then, but then the marriage will be meant to. You know, it's meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's a like not
0: not giving. I spoke to uh, John Robb the other day about this, and he's saying sometimes just not giving up on an idea. You know, if it's got if it's got your interest for some reason, it's you know I had a similar thing with one of my songs called Cherry Ripe, which is it took ten years to write. I had everything happened very quickly, but the chorus just wouldn't come for ten years, and then but didn't give up on it. And yeah. it's that thing of just going back and revisiting things. Sometimes is part yeah that's part of the process
1: because we, we get older, man, and we, we you know we 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 evolve in our own way. And you know sometimes you, you do have to just listen back to something. You know, especially when it comes to writing music. You know, you because you'll pick it up where you left off and think, man, I've got ten years worth of uh, knowledge of yeah. of another pathway. Yeah, yeah, which will really inf- infuse into that 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 old uh, old idea. Which I've had lots of those instances. Yeah and um and that's great you know it really is because you know sometimes there's an immediacy from oh the verse the chorus the, the bridge mm-hmm. it's all there i wrote the tra- track called cinnamon i love right. that song it's gorgeous oh, cheers man mm-hmm. and it, it, it was one of the quickest i've ever wrote just what? because i i just um acquired a baritone electric guitar and being me, me being me i just I, was, I wasn't quite happy with the standard tuning so i just dropped the, the, the keys a bit and uh the root notes and again, it was like, it was like this energy was coming through and the song pattern yeah. was just right in itself. I was just like yeah. this kind of, this kind of pilot of the ship that was already kind of moving, you know, and it was just, okay, to take control and just steady the parts, you know, and just.
0: Well, what do you think that is? Do you think that's, uh, I mean, I have speak, your experience is quite similar to mine, I think, in the way that we write, but I've spoken to lots of different songwriters and they all you know explain some kind of communication or relationship with um the muse you know um would you be as bold to kind of talk about that from your point of view what what do you think the muse is for your how does it how does that work
1: um i don't know man i I mean it's um i look at it in terms of conversations you know i think uh i definitely struggle to to be a kind of i suppose a somebody who can be comfortable talking in a group, a group of people, or, you know, just, um, I used to be a really noisy kid, you know, when I was like, when I was a teenager, I was, I was, I was, I was a loud kid, you know, just a bit of a joker at school, Okay, you know, but, um, for whatever reason, man, I think just come, when I left school, went to art college and, and those intervening years as well, it, it's as if I just went into my shell big time. Right. Okay. Massively, you know, and people were like, kind of, what, what happened to you? Where did you go after for, for all those years? You know, and um, I couldn't give anybody the answers, you know. I was like, well, I don't know. You know, I was just happy to be in my own space and, you know, constantly drawing, you know. I was an obsessive artist, kind of part-time guitar player. And, um, I think it's this energy that's maybe always, always been there. It's just been my need. Uh, of like a release to communicate through the music yeah yeah and that's always been there since i was a kid you know on reflection yeah yeah that part of me is 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 deeply been there you know and um yeah so that's maybe this energy is just something that's naturally taken time to to come to the surface sure um in through the form of song you know and that's you know you put me in a room people you know right this second and i'm quite happy to let everyone just keep going keep talking sure you know um i'm quite happily, just you know put the kettle on and just have a brew and just people watch well
0: know? that's part of it as well isn't it there's, there's there's like a if you're a performer you can't help and obviously on some level because you because you're playing there is an extrovert nature because otherwise you just would not be on stage there's a there's some kind of need yeah. to perform and release something but yeah, yeah also there's very much an introvert who wants to observe and wants to listen and is in your own head and the yeah, balance of those two things things—a kind of a heady mix i think a strange mix of
1: they need, are, yeah.
0: need to be seen and heard whilst not wanting to be seen and heard at all
1: you know yeah it's it's, it's a it's a the head, your head space you get into i mean if i really thought about it too much i'd not, not certainly got not got any kind of anxiety problems or anything but you know it's um if i really thought about what i do sometimes i'd I'm a big panic attack, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but i think you know what again coming back to being a parent there's just that i don't care anymore that yeah i can go on stage yeah. now and just play Yep. you know yep. where i used to stress about the set list before and the okay i'm taking five guitars on this tour okay i'm, I'm just tuning them on myself and have all these kind of mini headaches yes yeah yeah of yep. what to do but uh now it's like you know what man let's just get on with it yeah, just, yeah absolutely it takes me three or four minutes in between songs to so tune the guitars that's fine so yeah. yeah
0: well that was another Neil Young thing I remember this watching these BBC performances but just before he'd when well, he was writing the songs for Harvest yeah and he's just tuning up and taking a while to tune up but there's this confidence of like well he's got to get it right and he's just it really changed the way because I used to have those mini panic attacks of like oh god everyone's I'm tuning this is a nightmare I should be quicker and yeah. watching Neil would just be like totally in the moment of like i'm tuning this and i don't care and and, and i do care because i'm tuning it to be right so people hear a song which is in tune but there's a level of like i don't know like just experience and also i guess being less kind of uh you know taking things too seriously like you said yeah, i think it changes that you know
2: that's
1: it man and obviously you're, you know you without you realizing it but you know you have resilience yeah you know and it's like you know, I read the the books and uh, and the stories from Joe Boyd. You know, talking about Nick Drake, and you know, he just couldn't do it. You know, he had, took one guitar on the road. He, Joe Boyd sent him off on some kind of student union tour. Yeah. You know, and you know, Nick, being the kind of character that he was, yeah, he simply couldn't deal with it because, yeah. you know, there's like you said, there's that there's clearly got undoubted ability and an amazing yeah, yeah. performer in. in you know on his recorded form but uh as a person perhaps he just struggled to find that resilience that he needed you know there's obviously reports of him having great gigs as well, but yeah yeah I think generally uh, we find this strength that we probably don't think we have yeah, yeah. and and it, it's um it's just happened into that once in a while and yeah and for me personally it's just giving myself a little bit of, a bit of belief and just telling myself I can do this you know not being afraid to just go for it, man what's the to lose?
0: And also I think probably coming from the Midlands and cause I'm from originally from the North, there's a bit of like having the kind of, there's a humility to sort of uh, Midlands folk and Northern folk yeah. where it's not, not to take yourself too seriously. There's a bit of, they're, so, yeah. they're going to be ready to tell you to sort of, you know, knock you down a peg or two if you need it, you know. yes
1: yeah. I see it, man. I mean, there's a, yeah, maybe being, a, from the days of me being a bit of a joker at school, that sometimes comes, comes through still. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, maybe this nervous energy, that's, uh but you well, know, very... people have said it's it's part of the show man it's well it is to... i was just
0: about to say that like when i saw i would had the you know the uh uh privilege of supporting you in Lyme regis at a gig and and you're very funny on stage it's just like a bit of in a relaxed way and confident and you know it was, it's all there for you mate like in in terms of i've got to say something actually because it went you know, you'll probably get bored of uh, uh you know this this uh talking about the track elusive but when i was um I'd I'd been sort of I'd left a band and I was trying to figure out what my move was, you know, as a solo artist. And I was working on this track, and I remember being in this bedroom upstairs, trying to come up with parts and listening to the radio. And Joe Wiley played elusive, and I, I remember just thinking, like, fuck, you know, this is that is the most, inc- and still today, it's in my top five favorite songs of all time. You know, it's oh, it was it just was like one of those songs of like almost. I thought to myself, what's the point? This is like someone is just nailed it and then lyrically musically everything is perfect about that song and you know it's a song that i've loved for ages so i'm, g- I'm going to ask you to indulge me for a second Cheers, tell man. me about that song man and like and wh- where it came from and you know and who it's about if it's about anyone or you know tell me just give me a minute or two on that on that on, on that track Elusive.
1: uh
2: yeah it's it's
1: i've got a lot to be thankful for and grateful for for that track you know it's a uh... I was in a band in two thousand and two. Uh, if you're in, if you're Dutch, it's a positive verfleek. just okay. positive firefly. Nice. And uh, that band was cool for me, and you know? I, I enjoyed it. And I look back on those days. And uh, but we was very much writing songs, you know, a lot of energy of like, you know, the Chili Peppers or something like that, or the Strokes. Yeah. Um, so I was writing some, you know, and but also being into John Martin as well. And, yeah. Yeah, some of guitar parts were were evolving quite fast you know in, yeah. in the space of 18 months yeah and then again that immediacy to picking up a guitar and playing so i'm kind of doing if i can get this guitar in tune i'm going it probably is in tune actually so doing a lot of open d stuff at the time so then the one day i'm just strumming away thinking okay i'll write something like this is you know is this it the strokes right you know that album yeah i love that just an immediate part so my fingers are just kind of finding shapes version of elusive that, that, wow. was, that was born wow. and that was on the, that that version's on an album a, 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 a demo of elusive. Crikey. that fast and that tempo but what, what what was revealing was it it was so in terms of it being effortless chord wise you know it, it was kind of just written so fast that i didn't have time to think about where it was going sure and then it, you know we, we took that version into the studio um, had a couple of lyrics at the time, you know, that I just kind of started going.
2: Awake, real, you.
1: you know, trying to get a bit of a rock song going. Right. Right. And then, uh, just just backfired, you know, the album version, everyone was putting all the pressure on to, oh, can't wait for Scott's right to record Elusive, you know, everyone had earmarked the song as a, the one on the album, you know, Okay. first single. And I just got this sense of disappointment from everyone on it. And even me recording it at the time was like, man, this doesn't work. You know, the intro was a harmonic for, you know. You know, I did the same thing. So we recorded that version. The lyrics really, again, the lyrics were written pretty quickly. Um, I think because I got the chorus quite quickly as well. You know, she's elusive, I'm awake. Defiantly real, there's nothing fake. A mystery now to me and you. I open my eyes and I'm next to you. And and then I could work backwards then. And I don't know where it came from, but, you know.
2: She's a gambler spinning wheels. The poison victim, a look of steel. Don't
1: know what I was watching at the time.
2: Coldest heart you've ever felt. The coldest hand you've ever held.
1: So keep moving with the lyric, and um, it was just suggesting to me that it, the whole thing needed a different approach. Okay. And, uh, I brought a friend a uh, Harmony Sovereign. It's a '60s Harmony Sovereign, the 1260, the the big airplane bridge mm. uh, acoustic. I think Jimmy Page had one. Everyone had one at the time. John Sebastian, and uh, I wanted one. So uh, I, I put an advert in the paper, the local paper, to us called bargain pages. And um, somebody found me up, said, "You know, I've got. it's like, I, I can do, do the guy's impression. You know, like, all right, mate. I got, uh, I got one of these uh, Harmony sovereigns. If you want it, yeah, about yeah, yeah, fifty quid. All right." I was like, "I <laughs> of on my feet. I was there. You know." Yeah, yeah. My, my old man took me to the guy's house and picked up his Harmony, and it was a different version. It was a 1961 Harmony sovereign, but it was um, the H55, I think, with the with the neck in the in the pick up in the, in the base of the neck. Instant love for this guitar. Right. Took it back home, didn't clean it or anything, and just because uh, the strings were really dead and so dirty. But I started going
2: on this guitar. She's a gambler spinning wheels. The poison victim like a steel.
1: And there's only four strings on it as well. So I was <laughs> playing just with my thumb on the wow. top. Wow.
2: The coldest heart you've ever felt, the coldest hands you've ever held. Taken down on away, a way, a million miles still no headway. Has her love truly blown, in a mind I'm proud to roam. And the chorus.
1: As we all kind of know. Fantastic. And man, it, was just, it, was, it was just it was—it as if, as if the, that, that lyric that had been written and always there um it was as if that the way i was delivering musically gave it just mm. set the bed for for mm. the for the words and um we what i forgot to add was we we got a break in recording so yeah. in this in this kind of summer period i got the, i acquired the harmony sovereign and on the phone to the producer john cotton saying john i think uh, might have a different take on this song mm. uh, so we we kind of rescheduled the, the recording process and Went back in and recorded that version in one day and uh it, again it quickly evolved you know john was all over it because that was john's thing the ambience the yeah. mike john's technique for uh, engineering mixing right down john street that was the first moment where me and uh john could actually kind of gelled in terms sure. of our vision sure, sure. Uh, because i wouldn't have dreamt to come up with anything like that and with the way john treated the backing vocals right um mm and we we took we took the backing vocals from i recorded an, an an alternate version of elusive yeah uh on a strat with the tablas and the sitar right you now and and me thinking i'm doing like my kind of machine gun hendrix thing you know right right, right, right. okay something like that yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. It grew it was nice. quite cool, man. Yeah, yeah. But um, fortunately, the the, the tempo is the same as the new version I was working on. So we took all the backing vocals from that, and we we dropped them in on okay. the chorus for the first time. Yeah. And John and I just looked at each other as if to say, shit, that's the one, man. Oh, the man. way that everything was overlapping with each other, it was kind of spooky. Yeah, yeah. Because I'd taken the vocals, I, I didn't sing to this particular version. Right. You know, I'd, I'd taken the vocals from another another version of the song it's as if like just like a copy and paste thing i'm just dropping the vo- voices and it's what happens wow and i uh, i got lucky there. Was, um, is
0: is it a song about and uh, i mean that is the one of the most incredible i mean because i've thought about that so i've obsessed about that song for t- for t- for bloody years and hearing that is is like a real treat as a fan to 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 hear that and it's, it's it brings up a lot of interesting uh, elements of songwriting really which is like the idea that you're writing, you know, in the first instance for like inspired by like The Strokes or something, and just like sometimes it's good as a writer to put yourself in. I've done that so many times where you write, I'm going to write something in the style of of that, you know, yeah. something comes quickly and easily. But also, you know, talking through the process of just like real like realizing that's not quite it, and having to look at something else. Then the accidental thing of the harmony guitar and playing something differently because there's four strings on it. Happy accidents. You know, dropping in an, a different kind of vocal part. It's really, really interesting that because it's 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 a really creative journey from something which obviously was born quite quickly. You know, in the melodies. Yeah. yeah. But is it about is it about someone in particular? I mean, I don't want to put you to answer if you don't want to. But is 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 it based on someone, or is it did the
1: lyrics just fall out of the sky and become a kind of uh, thing? I itself? think. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, the, the all 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 songs that kind of mean something. Yeah. Have a mystery, yeah, yeah. Let's leave it there. That's the, yeah, it reveals. So into, why. Do, yeah. so here's the thing I always said about on my songs it's like when fans come up to me after a show, and that people ask that question as well about elusive, mm. and, mm. and I my response has always been like, why don't do you want to kind of spoil the magic it has, it has yeah, for you? It's,
0: it's true because that you're right about that. Because actually, it's, it's I'd rather not know actually the truth of it. It's like it's elusive. That's not a cop
1: um, answer, by the way. That's just um, but a lot, I think a lot of my songs actually uh, stem from, you know, I'm, I'm, back in the earlier days, I had a lot of notebooks, so I'd, I'd write stuff all the time. Yeah. You know, I don't do that as much as I should these days, but um, uh, I can probably even, at some point, if I had a bit more time, I could probably dig out the notebook with the opening verse to Elusive, mm. you know? i just start going.
2: She's a gambler spinning wheels, the poison victim a steel
1: you know I was just writing the stream of consciousness thing yeah 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 yeah
2: coldest yeah. heart you've ever felt the coldest hands you've ever held
1: a lot of people get it wrong actually on the lyrics I mean I've had um, people singing it differently and I've seen stuff on YouTube you know and it's like I didn't say that you know <laughs> and it's like it's just wrong so it's nice to kind of get some clarity maybe we can add the lyrics to this podcast or something yeah yeah you know if you want the definitive answer there it is my friend there it is Yeah. you know and you know I say yeah Ticket, uh, I go, uh,
2: taken down on a way, a million miles, still no headway. Has her love truly blown?
1: Is what I sing. Right. People say, as I learn to live long. So that's right. not the lyrics. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Well, that's it's, tough, it's tough. the context, man. you got to, it relates then. See, when I say, has her love truly blown? You yeah. know, mine, I'm proud to roam. It's totally well, to
0: there's something really great about misheard lyrics. I had a friend of mine who, who, who for years thought, what song is it by the verve He was saying he thought the lyric was the cause of the thorns. You wore dear Lord. And, uh, it wasn't, it's, I think it's just cause I walked here alone or something, but it was that misheard lyric was like, gave more yeah. meaning in this. So it was like, wow, what do you mean? The cause of the thorns you wore dear Lord I was like, wow, what's that? You know, <laughs> so There's something great about mishearing things as well.
1: There is. Yeah, there there is de- definitely that. And, um, and also uh, as a little, I'm sure we all do this, but as a, as a writing trick as well, um, I definitely kind of most of the time step out of character. Like I had, I had a real phase of pretending that I was Paul Simon. Right. You know, and yeah. Tom Waits just yeah. because well, why not? Yeah. You know, yeah because absolutely. I was, I was too busy thinking about what Scott Matthews could think about, you know, right, thinking, okay. well, just yeah, get so. right that, just get rid of that guy, you know, bin him. Yeah. 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 You know, and, uh, and, and, and truly it, actually worked well you can the hear point that. where yeah it's crazy you can crazy. hear that in like your writing
0: It's like this like you know i remember what a manager at the time because i I've, at one time i thought you know he was kind of going into with the band thinking i was jim morrison or something and he was saying you like you've got to be careful of how you wear your influences in, in your songwriting and he was made a very good point but when i listened to your stuff um you can hear elements of influence but it's it's done so respectfully and beautifully that you don't think oh that's you know that's that's so and so it's just like the as we all do we soak up influences and and you kind of you can hear moments of like Paul simon there but it's never like oh that's Paul simon you can just hear elements of the way he writes not a copycat the same with nick drake there's like elements of the way nick would write but it doesn't ever feel like you've Copied anybody, and I think that's one of the things in songwriting. Where you know, when when you get a new songwriter come on the scene or whatever. That there's recently, for example, there's been a lot of people doing the Ed Sheeran thing, hitting the guitar and doing the kind of you know white guy raps thing. And it's like you can know where it comes from, and it's like fair enough, the kids having a go. But there's a point where your influences have to be more careful, you know. And do,
1: yeah, I just you,
0: you know, you've got that. You can hear all that stuff in your in your songwriting, but it's always just balanced beautifully.
1: Yeah, I try to try to just um, yeah. If I'm writing something, like I had a spell where on, on the, the album "The Great Untold," where I was uh, yeah again maybe thinking of, uh, of, of of kind of an approval side of things, you know, from someone and of course someone being one of my heroes. Yeah, just kind of getting his approval and just just imagined him on my shoulder for a second, just mm. sitting there, you know. Mm. Paul, yeah. What do you think of this one? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, so like for instance, when I'm going. Off the album, the grand told. So if I... You know, if I'm doing shapes, things will just evolve, you know? So, I'm writing writing the chorus to a song, The Grant Told, that the verse part's going. I'll tell you what, let's do some reverb, shall we? Get on there. Cool. So, I had the opening verse of. um,
2: Turn the leaves of seasons old. Still a season to unfold Then a seed of reason starting life new Many changes I have known Through the stages I have grown Charing the blues and the spotlight Putting my world on the line Turn and won't for the time Never know what I'll find
1: Um, I was just getting Paul Simon's approval on the chorus all the well, time. Well, you,
0: you can sort of, you know, there's like, I can, I know what you mean. There's like, it's not at all Paul Simon, but there's, you can kind of.
1: If speak. I done a very awful impression, I would go, you know.
2: Putting my world on the line. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, turning yeah, yeah. only for the time.
1: You know, suddenly that's how it's like, that's how it came to
2: be. Never knowing what I find.
1: I think I was thinking of like old friends at the time.
0: Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, that yeah, spirit.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think that's a really good thing actually to
0: to like you say just to put ourselves aside and just like imagine you're writing a All song for you know, it's very very good. I had this direct, I was once writing trying to write a kind of song for um hopefully be on the new album. Uh like a P- Lennon y piano thing and uh Obviously, I was thinking about that and had a dream where I was at a party and met John and Yoko and a few hangers-on. And in this dream, John John's like, so you think you can write a song, do you? Quite cruel and quite kind of like this sort of John sometimes you hear, like, oh, shit, he's really intimidating. And he sort of chucked me a guitar in this dream and went, go on then, in front of like <laughs> his cronies. So I played this song and in in, in the dream he goes like, yeah, you're all right, kid. And then I woke up and just like it's that thing of like, oh, thanks, John. I'll carry on with this song, you know. So it's like <laughs> it's funny how that stuff hits your subconscious.
1: It's right, man. That's it. It's um, yeah. I think uh, I have to do that quite a lot just to yeah, just to just to think differently. I mean, the whole left and right brain thing. Yeah, you know, I can I can come come back and look at some old drafts and notes and one line, liners of lyrics, you know, but um. Yeah, I just I I think having wrote the records that I have as well after you know this will be my eighth studio album, uh, I've got a, I think I've got a better grasp of myself when it comes to uh, maybe editing as well. My mm-hmm. wife used to be a, um, a sub editor for a, okay a magazine, and okay. uh, so she, she she really influenced me in so many ways. My sure. wife Sally, and uh, but she um, started getting me to uh, start to understand uh the draft of my words and the structure of yeah, forms of poetry yeah, yeah and you know just kind of almost like decluttering the yeah. process yeah yeah you know? know and um being a bit more succinct with things and just a bit more kind of some, some clarity there's the clever word play which was the headspace I was in with my third album what night delivers sure. you know, that repetition that kind of clever turn of phrase and syllable yeah. marriages um and the sentiments but then you um you start to uh, grasp yourself and t- you, you edit yourself better. You know that that comes with sure. arrangements of songs as well. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I try to trim the fat of these yeah. pieces of music. You know, yeah. and I think, well, that, that's, I've already said it there. You know, yeah, sure. move on. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, but just try to make the arrangements very interesting. Yeah, so like, you know, the bridge of that song then would, after the chorus, there's a it, it, and it's that resolution of that question. You know, so after the second chorus would be going like. Um it's a chorus um
2: Putting my word on the line turning will leaf for that time voice not warmed up Who knows what will find? A new seed is sung until the heart is to glow.
0: Absolutely beautiful. Yeah, dude. Such a joy to hear you sing and play, and thank you for doing that. Let me just take you a couple more questions because I don't want to take up too much of your time. You've been very oh, gracious God. with your time, and that's okay, man. I'm playing. Um, what's coming up then? So, the album's, the album's coming out. Uh, you've got a single coming out and an album coming out soon. Yeah, so right?
1: the 20, 28th of April is the Fantastic. release of uh, Restless Lullabies, which is the, the new record, which is like the sister album of New Skin. Brilliant. Previous record. Very stripped back, you know. Um, as you kind of heard me playing there, it's, it's got that it's got that feel, but with less reverb on it. Very empty.
0: love a bit of reverb. Yeah,
1: and yeah. uh, so that's, uh, then there's a full UK tour uh, commencing oh, in cool. April as mm-hmm. well. So April, Fantastic. May, June, and then yeah. off to Portugal for some shows, Holland, uh, trying to get some Italy shows as well. Fantastic. And then uh, heading for another, uh, the second phase of touring from like September onwards, September, October, November. Uh but trying to do I can't do the whole two week block thing anymore, you know. So I'm trying to stagger the shows. Okay. One show yeah. here, one show there. And um so that's the yeah, it's the exciting it's like exciting time, you know, new record. And um again, just putting fuel in the tank, these yeah, records, yeah. and just see if I can go yeah. with them. Uh, see where they take you. That's it, man. That's it. So I feel very lucky that you know I'm getting to do that again and um and yeah, we we started the pre orders uh f- for the album the friday just gone so uh yeah so people but, can actually start to pre-order the album where can they get the album from uh, from my exclusively from my website which is scott uk. Yeah. nice and clean yeah nice and clean. um so yeah that's uh and that's going to be on uh on uh, yeah of course half speed mastered abbey road as well which is a big one yeah so i pushed the boat out this year and uh sold a kidney and uh yeah. and yeah uh, abbey road half is speed, the- half speed mastered yeah
0: was that a kind of? Uh, I imagine it would be a great experience to be in Abbey Road. Did you feel the vibes,
1: mate? I felt them big style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, pulled up on the car. I mean, for a start, just opened the gate myself, and I'm parking in a in a bay. Yeah, that's know? enough. That's already a good, already a win yeah. or three win, isn't it? That's it, man. So we've got Miles Schaal involved. He's uh, he's the half speed mastering uh, guru. You know, he's been responsible for all the Beatles remasters. And okay, Bob Marley, John Martin, Solid Air. Wow. um he's got an, an original neumann lathe which was found oh, in an old factory which he has refurbished um Christ. to the tune of to the tune of probably twenty thousand pound or more um all brand new tubes as well so so miles uh and my record is the first one he he'd, 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 he'd um uh, mastered with all the, new, all the new tubes amazing so um that's a i was i'm absolutely you know a kid from the black country as well i was absolutely bowled over by that experience yeah of course. um and it was it's a dream you know i wanted to do that from the very beginning yeah passing strange was never on, on vinyl um so that was a, a real fitting kind of icing on the cake moment because yeah. miles has actually made the record sound that even that bit more transparent and you know you can feel your way through it yeah you know So sounds yeah. so clear and um and because of the the nature of the album which is very stripped back i think it's that's maybe its strength it's really brought out the the purity of the album it's amazing how much mastering can
0: you can really change the, the the and deepen the feel of an album, isn't it?
1: Really amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we as you'd imagine with Abbey Road, I mean, they've got six six Fairchild's original Fairchild compressors. Jesus. So Miles uh, has has got this basically a brand new clone of one. Uh, that cost him a lot of money. And yeah. this was like the juice extractor man. The the but the, these two magic buttons, honestly. We heard the the A B of the of the two masters, and the, it was kind of it was a very very subtle thing. But suddenly, you, you notice when this fairchild wasn't reacting, yeah. When you bypassed it, and um, it it really brought the arm to life. And um, so I can't wait for people to have it. You know, it'll be on uh, limited edition transparent vinyl as well. Beautiful. Um, man. Still sticking with good old CDs, and also for the first time ever, we're doing cassettes as well. Oh cool. Um, so we're going old school man, you know, we're yeah. gonna get those mothers chewed up, you know. And uh, they get the old Sony Walkman from back in the Stairbridge art college days on Yeah. The bus. I was a yeah. sixteen year old listening to the police. You know, how do, how
0: do you think uh,
1: art college? The guy went to art college too, <clears throat> as
0: as a uh, Songwriter, or what, how do you think Art College impacted you as a as an artist, as a as a songwriter? As a, I'm going to use the word artist, which encapsulates songwriting and and art, being a you know painter or whatever as well. How do you think that experience impacted you as an
1: artist? Um, I think initially I can I can I couldn't see the relationship from especially because of what of what I was into, which was very much a wanted to be a comic book artist. Okay, that was the dream, you know. <clears throat> um painted art you know like when i think about the frank frazet of this, uh, of this world you know very much fantasy art and uh, and all the greats you know think about the classic black and whites of you know jack Kirby and people like that of marvel mm. Mm. i wanted to be an artist you know um, so but i i you know that was those two things were in parallel being a guitar player that was into rock as a teenager yeah. in Soundgarden and um bill jam and people like that so uh i struggled to maybe find the, the marriage because the processes is for me have, have been quite drastically different i mean i couldn't mm-hmm. find the the relationship between comic book art and, and music um probably more so my uh as, as i've got older you know was, you know that was my little boy creating the artwork for the new yeah. record i can yeah. totally see the relationship between what he's created and my music sure sure um yeah. And I've got a massive appreciation for for art in general, you know, and and how that can influence pieces, you know. I can I can see something from Kate Colvitz, you know, the German expressionist uh, uh, printer, you know, an artist, and she, I can some of her work speaks to me as well. I can see stuff all over the place, you know, and and um, and yeah, and really channel that that will that will now suddenly influence a, a song more so. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'd say that's been the case for the last ten or fifteen years. Yeah, okay. Uh, art has been quite a big player, I'd say. Yeah, still conti- and, continues so, to be.
0: Yeah. And Sally, obviously, as a sub editor of a magazine, as you said, it's kind of had an influence on you, like editing, or perhaps you know, influencing your way of thinking about editing. Do yeah. you have a? Is she, is she your go? Do Do you like run songs past her? Have you got like anyone that you run songs past, or is it? know? Sally's
1: the key one. She's she's the yeah. She's like the. She's got like two got two lights, you know? Yeah. One the one's like the you know, the magic bulb that you want just to to kind of yeah. give the on switch to, you know. Yeah. Then the other one's just like this dead bulb, man. <laughs> you know, it's just like, yeah, then you can do better than that. <laughs> um but um there's certainly yeah, I mean I, it was Sally's title and poem New Skin right. on the last album. Um I asked if she you know if I could use it. Uh, okay. the title and um and we we write together, you know. Um oh, cool, cool. I'd imagine like uh, uh we do we have we've wrote together quite a lot of, over the last few years and we 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 both feel it's really cathartic and it's really good for us to yeah, write together yeah. and yeah um who's the, who's Tom Waits' partner is it Catherine oh, I forget her name maybe it's take that. I, have to click I can't her. remember but I know Tom writes with his wife as well and um it's it's great you know because we, we we live our life together we have done for 20 years yes yeah, and sure. it's like we um you know, we we find something in it together, and you know, I can look back through our notebooks, and Sally can see a couple of lines from there, and she'll give me a different spin on it. You know, and Brilliant. um, and, and another track called "The Tide" off the, the new album as well, and that was Sally's title. Um, but I, I know the there's a, there's a, she understands that she gets a real connection as well from from where we've we've gone together. Yeah, you know, and um, but it's it's, it's been great. You know, we we enjoy the process, and um. You know, and feel that like there's a there's a there's something to be said there and there's a message that in that in, essentially that a listener can hear and and feel the importance of it and get a connection to it. Yeah, yeah man. Beautiful. That is the ultimate goal, isn't it?
0: Yeah, man, definitely it is. You know, it's it's a privilege, isn't it, to sort of you know from my own experience and I'm sure with you as well the the feeling of having the privilege of soundtracking someone's day you know whether they're listening to you in your car or in their car sorry or you know whatever however your music is soundtracked someone's life is, uh, is a beautiful thing and also you know f- from my own point of view like how I found myself in your song elusive or in the songs of the beatles and you know that's finding yourself in someone's music or songs is you know I mean that's just it's a great thing isn't it and to to, to have Happen as a fan, and if that happens to your music, if someone finds that connection, that's amazing, isn't it?
1: Exactly, exactly. yeah. It's as how as that mate? It's um, yeah. We feel fortunate, you know, that you know I can I can I can watch a couple singing a song of mine in Japan, singing yeah. it in a bathtub. Yeah, yeah. Not not any clothes on, they're just <laughs> fully, fully clothed. You know, yeah. singing "Elusive." Yeah, like, that, this was years ago, and I'm like, man the fact that songs can travel today, you know, it's, it's obviously, it's always been the case, but so instantly immediate yeah. for a fan in New Zealand yeah. just to tap into the song and, yeah, you now we constantly get messages of, um, you know, uh, maybe of, of hope and, uh, and how a piece that I've written or we've written together, you know, has, has, has had an impact on somebody that's, that's been you know, literally their savior. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Really extreme levels yeah. of, of connection that have kind of bowled us over quite yeah. a lot, you know, and and we kind of it, it can be very overwhelming to read it because you think, okay, I'm I'm just there writing a song, a you know, piece of music, yeah. Yeah. pressures of trying to put words and music together and going through the whole PR process of trying to make it yeah. heard, yeah. But then the, the, the key thing is there's somebody there that you don't know, yeah, that has really taken every word, yeah, And uh, and kind of put it somewhere safe in a little box yeah and and really treasured it and uh and until that's you know that easy you know i think i'll always be doing that you I, it's, you're right i've had a similar experience of a
0: couple of songs where you, you it's such a strange thing because you're like well man i just picked up the guitar that day i have a vague memory of like feeling something and it sort of happens and then you get the sort of report back from a fan or someone who's heard your music and it's impacted them in a certain way or time in their life. Yeah. And and it's sort of changed, stopped them from doing something or they've it stopped them from whatever, or given them some something they needed. And um without sounding too worthy about it, you were just there with the guitar, weren't you? Just like mucky, just playing and this energy is yeah. is beyond you know just being a songwriter it's something else you know and that's again it's important not to get too over analytical about it because it just is life you know it's just it is art and the art travels and it does what it does but it's yeah yeah it's a very beautiful I, thing
1: it really is yeah i do feel blessed and um you know i think after you know post covid and i was mean, still going on but you know when people can come back to shows again um i already i didn't think i'd kind of get emotional but that those first handful of shows were, were astonishing and uh mm you know, from doing nothing, you know, for a long time, I got a call from Plenty asking if I wanted to, to open for those guys, uh, Saving Grace, his, his band, you know, fantastic. and this was a sold out tour. So from going from absolutely nothing to writing in my shed and, you know, living such an isolated life that, uh, suddenly in front of like 1500 people all wearing yeah. masks, you know, it was quite, quite an overwhelming yeah. uh, feeling to kind of be surrounded by. It was, it was strange yeah but also um just made me totally realize why we do music and yeah uh, just that simple power of connection and we're all in the same room feeling that moment where you just stop you just drop the guitar part and you hang on a vocal part and the space just carries yeah and everyone's hanging on the word and it just becomes this spiritual thing and i think since you know post covid the, the the gigs have all been pretty spiritual and that's where i'm getting that kind of side of me which is really kicking in now i think yeah 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 um you know because um we're kind of making it for last time and um recognizing the importance of having somebody with you in that room listening yeah yeah and understanding the words it's uh it's a massive deal
0: it is a massive deal yeah it absolutely is it sort of verges in to slightly into quantum mechanics there my brain just went into this that idea of, like you talking earlier about the records the record but when you take it live something else happens and it's almost like the song, when you're performing it, is being observed by other people. So this it's become a collaboration. Like in and when you have when you decide to pause and let the voice hang, there's a collaborative element because it's being witnessed. So it has a different power, doesn't it? It's a yeah. So I'm tripping off on my own head there, but it's um. Keep
1: going, man. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's great, man. It re- really is. Uh, it's 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 been it's proved to be pretty special. I've I've definitely. I, I think what's interesting though as well, maybe with being a parent. With the shows, I don't know if you find this as well, but it's as if going back to the kind of carefree nature of, of it. Now I don't, I don't care anymore. It's just like I'm so more present, yeah, in, in the room with everyone, not just kind of disconnected from my own head and just kind of letting something else take over. Yeah, I am tuned into the to the to the gig, yeah, you know. And I would never have dreamed of doing this before. I had my little boy Elliot. Like now, I'll unplug the guitar now, and I'm going in the audience for one song, nice. and just bring with everyone yeah you know i'm sniffing everyone's hair you know <laughs> and just like just being close man yeah you know and it's like i would never have done that years ago mm-hmm. i think it just mm-hmm. it shows that i'm now i'm at a, i'm at 47 now so i'm just like just do it you know yeah, because I love your, that. the regrets will be huge and that thought yeah. will always linger so i'm just like let's just play and just get to and everyone every gig since i've been doing that you know, for a couple of years now, as as being on a different level to anything I've ever created in the past. Fantastic. Totally.
0: Yeah. Well, this it sounds like there's uh you know, for, but forced by lockdown or whatever, or just being back. There's a renewed sense of and uh, being older, parent. There's a, a sense of freedom, and that that is uh that's a beautiful thing. As you'd hear about the, your new album and what you've done there, and to talk about, and hear you your gigging process and going into the audience and what you're saying is there's a sounds like there's a very healthy sense of freedom and authenticity that, that yeah. a space you're in you know i think so yeah and uh, yeah. long, long mate continue yeah good for you listen let me ask you one last question and thank you so All much right. for being cool. here mate um i have i've asked everyone who's been on the podcast so far to answer this question which is a hard question and it will change from day to day but if you could have written any song isn't yours any song by another artist here today what song would you uh liked to have written or lived inside
1: or made oh man i should have been prepared for that one um and i've definitely given an answer for this one years ago Uh, and i can't remember what it is um it's got to be some someone um it's got to be some like maybe paul simon i'd say yeah and you know what you could pick a whole host of Paul Simon written songs. Yeah. And yeah. Kathy's song, great song. Um, yeah, going back to old friends as well.
2: Old friends sit on the park bench like bookends.
1: Yeah. Paul Simon's way with words, I think he would have to be, I'd have to come back to this. Maybe we can add it some way on, yeah, you know, a sure. blurb for the podcast. But, um, it's probably going to be a Paul Simon song, I'd yeah, say. Well,
0: those two, Cathy's song on bookends, I mean, Old Friends are kind of, uh, yeah, definitely two that I've imagined living inside too. So that's a great answer.
1: Oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's going to be either from, it's going to be either from, to be either Johnny Mitchell, Paul yes. Simon. Yeah. um, Yeah. One of those two, I'd say. I mean, this precious music, but for me, it's, um, but you know, there's a lot of great contemporary stuff out there as well. Um, but certainly one of those tracks. Yes, Shamikon does some magical editing, isn't it?
0: <laughs> I think. Well, if you, if people have, uh, are listening haven't heard those tracks, you you need to go and listen to them because Kathy's uh, song for me is. I mean, that's like a, so.
2: That's the one...
0: Yeah, that's it. Just there before the grace of you go, I. I mean, I've, it's, it's, it's that line, you know, just like yeah. spend about a lifetime thinking about the balance
1: of those words and how that kind of well, oh, that conjures up. You really could. And that's like the freaky thing was, man. This kid, you know, it was a kid. Paul Simon was like 21. Mm. Was
2: 21 years when I wrote this song, 22 now.
1: Crazy levels. Like, it, it really is, man. I mean, I mean, I wasn't writing songs until I was like 20, 27, 28. I started singing and it's, um, yeah, different times, man, totally different times. You know, it's like, you think of uh, Nick Drake as well. I mean, he was, he was gone by 2026, Crazy. Hendrix was gone by 27. And that the the wealth of material that that the Hendrix estate is still putting out. is astounding. Four years, man, it was pretty much doing his thing. You know, 66, he came to England and then he was gone by 1970. It's crazy, isn't it? You talk about what he compacted into those yeah. four years. It's yeah. pretty astounding. Well, it's the same as the like Beatles. Legacy. Like, oh.
0: You know, seven seven years, you're just thinking, Jesus Christ. I mean, that uh, see, seeing in the kind of, uh, you know, Get Back documentary and just, you know, it's just the, I think, the, what was it? Like uh, White Album's at like number one in November and then they're back in the studio in, kind of in January the 2nd, knocking out another album. I mean, they're all a bit miserable and cold, but they're still up for it. And it's just the work sure. rate. is like I mean, again, it's like in your albums that you're so prolific. It's like I think that's a really powerful thing. Just keep working, you know. Keep doing the work, and yeah, yeah it's, just, it's crazy what they did.
1: Those the, the artists of the '60s, '70s, and the time frame. And it is, man. It really is. Yeah. We've got a set of mechanics that we kind of utilize, and you know, uh, have kind of formulas of of the process, but. But yeah, there was. A, I think didn't George Harrison say the one year they like they fulfilled like a world tour and create two albums in the in a twelve month calendar, you know? That's and with maybe we have a thing these days, but there, I think there's such a heavy pressure from from those times as well to deliver on you know, the other singles and yeah. the albums. But yeah. again, walking going back to the Abbey Road thing, you know, as soon as I walked into the into the reception there, and you could see all the photos of everyone that's 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 lived there and recorded special music in those in those in those walls mm. um so to kind of get that connection as I sit here today you know with yeah. you know eight records under my belt I, I do feel very lucky that it kind of feels like the beginning of a brand new cycle love that you know of experiences you know and and I can look back with fondness and regret but um you know essentially moving forward now believing that in terms of me getting older and refining myself yeah i understand myself a lot clearer and um and i'll still continue to make mistakes you know but but um i'll be able to look back on records and and get that real sense of, of who i was and, and and this record is definitely no different you know
0: and there's, i think you know there's there isn't really ever a mistake you know there's just a kind of intent and expression and yeah you know it's like you have to be cool with those as well don't you sometimes and just uh it's like that thing of like you know sometimes you might change what you've done to a record or you might have left a song off an album, but that song had to go on for the next song to come into existence. You know, it's yeah. just part of <clears throat> part of that.
1: So, um, exactly, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Listen, Scott, thank you so much, mate, for your time and and these, those insights. And um, you know, this will be uh, going out soon. And uh, keep on keeping on, mate. And a huge fan of your of of your music. So, uh, thanks,
1: and man. Your songs. So, thank you, buddy. Cheers, Leiter. And thanks for your time as well, mate. Thank you. Thanks,
0: mate.